0: Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? Of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. The Clever Investor Show. Hey, welcome back to The Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber, the OG Clever Investor. And today in Clever Investor Studios, we have the great Jen Gottlieb in the house. She's one of my favorite female speakers in the game and uh, just an overall amazing human being. She is a former VH1 host, a Broadway actress. She's gone on to become a world-renowned motivational speaker, which is very proud of you. I've been watching your growth for a long time, and it's been cool to watch. Uh, She's a thought leader. She is an expert at building brands, Mm -hmm. protecting brands, getting public relations for brands, Mm -hmm. all things uh, getting seen out there online and in the world. She teaches business owners how to build profitable brands, and through her company, Super Connector Media, uh, she, I mean, what, what don't you do? She <laughs> she uh, teaches businesses and their CEOs and their people how to grow their businesses. Yeah. And uh, look, the world needs a brand right now. Yeah. People need brands. Yeah. It's like the, uh, first off, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Cody. I'm so excited. I'm talking to the personal brand. Like you originated this. Like you did, the Clever Investor. Like that, whenever I speak on stage to real estate investors specifically, I'm just like, y'all know the Clever Investor because he built a brand.
0: You know, and it's funny how that started because people actually started calling me the Clever Investor because I was just doing clever stuff. And I was like, ooh, I like that. And Shannon, Shannon was one of the first people to be like, you're so clever. And it just was always sticking, the Clever Investor. And I started just saying it. Every time I say my name, I say, Hey, Cody Sperber, the
1: clever investor investor.
0: And it's, I did it hundreds and hundreds of times in every video on every podcast. And all of a sudden it just became Mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was the first step. Yeah. And, People are often scared to talk about who they want to be and what they want to do because they're scared of like, oh, what's something to think of me if I say that I want to be that, right? Like calling yourself the clever investor. And they get in their head about it, but actually it's quite the opposite because when you talk about what you want to do and who you want to be and you start stepping into it, people believe you. And then you never know who's listening and then it catches on. So I've been walking around saying to everyone, I want to be the greatest motivational speaker of all time. And that might be like scary for me to say in the beginning, it definitely was. But now I just say it. And now everyone's like, want to speak here? Want to speak here? I know you want to be the greatest motivational speaker of all time. I'm going to invite you to my stage. So it became become a thing.
0: All right. So let's, let's, I remember when you first started saying it. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's bold. It that's was bold. bold. I, I loved it. Um, where are you in that journey?
1: Well, I just spoke today. I know. So today was really cool because I got to speak and we were talking about this a little bit in the hallway in front of 700 fitness professionals and My background, my very first speaking engagement was at a fitness studio with no shoes on in front of 12 little fitness instructors that were sitting on the floor listening to me speak, talking about my journey as a fitness professional and personal trainer. And so that was me, the people in the audience was me. And if you were to tell me years ago when I was so nervous to wear my little leggings and my tied up t shirt and my socks (laughs) in this little fitness studio speaking in front of these 12 girls, that I was going to one day be speaking in front of 700 at one of the biggest like fitness conferences and getting paid like a lot of money to do it, I would have told you, you are batshit crazy. Mm. But that happened today. So it was just another reminder to me that when you keep, just keep going. Like I just kept going. I didn't know where I was headed. I didn't even know. I was like, all right, I'm, I got this stage. I'm just going to do it. Like I, I'm not getting paid for this. That's fine. I'm going to do Instagram lives every day to practice because I can't get on stages and just kept practicing, kept practicing. And then I wind up on this... Massive stage that's just like, whoa, two seconds ago, I feel like I was that girl that was, was a personal trainer.
0: Was that one of your bigger stages? What was, the, what was the biggest crowd you ever stood in front of?
1: Speaking, well.
0: Speaking. Not, not we'll get to an the actress. T- Trust me, I want to know yeah. everything about the, we're going to go back in time. Okay. But I like sometimes, you know, on these podcasts, everybody just starts at the beginning and I'm like, let's, where are we at right now?
1: Like. Well, today was really cool because I got to speak to my former self. That's really cool. I'm sure when you get up and yeah. you speak to like investors, real estate investors, and you can actually picture who you were then and you're talking to like past Cody and saying the things that you knew you needed to hear. That
0: yeah. was so cool. That's that's about to happen this coming weekend. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to Dallas to speak in front of a bunch of real estate investors. I think there's like six or 700 real estate investors. Okay. So when you
1: get off the stage, you have to stay. And I know you do this because you're the best. Hang out and listen to the people when they come up to you and talk to you. Because for me, that's the best part. These girls coming up to me and saying, you just gave me permission to do what I really want to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's why I do this. And that was me. You were me. You can do this. And you just have so much belief behind it. And it just, it's the best feeling in the entire world.
0: I mean, when, when you think about it, when you first start, it's so, you're just trying to figure it out. You're trying to become the expert. You're trying to figure out how to make money with it. You're trying, you have imposter syndrome. You have all these fears. You have all this noise. People telling you go this way, go that way, trying to steer your ship. For me, my parents sitting me down saying, Hey, I think you're making a mistake. So now you got this like fear and this doubt and this hesitation, but you're something inside driving mm-hmm. you forward and you want to do it. Um, Let's talk to some of those people that are maybe at the beginning. How would you help somebody overcome imposter syndrome? They're watching you up on stage and they're saying, someday I want to be like her. Mm-hmm. I want to get up on stages. I want to make an impact. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to chase a dream as bold as I want to become the greatest. Mo- and I like how you said motivational speaker, not female motivational speaker.
1: I used to say that. And then I took away the female. Yeah.
0: I wonder who told you to take away the female. Was it you? Yeah. It was one of those things that I said, well, first of all, if you're going to be the greatest, be the greatest. Fuck yeah. Yeah. But either way, I'm glad I'm glad you you say it like that. What would you say to that person that's maybe just getting started?
1: So I would say to just start. So I think the where people stop themselves is they don't even get started because they let analysis paralysis take over. They're like, oh, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to talk about. I don't even know what to do. Or they let imposter syndrome get in the way. Or they let, you know, like, oh, I'm not good enough to do that. And they compare themselves to other people on the internet. And they say, like, I... I I want to post today, but I'm not going to. I'll wait till tomorrow or wait till it's perfect or I'll wait till I'm ready. And they just don't do it. You're never going to get clear on what it is that you're talking about and where you want to go if you don't take action. Clarity follows action, not the other way around. So people get it wrong when they're like, oh, I got to plan it all out. I got to strategize and build the entire plan and know exactly I'm going to go from this stage to this stage, then I'm going to build this. No, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just knew that I had to continuously do uncomfortable shit, do the stuff I was scared to do and do it kind of bad and not really know what I was doing in order to figure it out. And I like to look at it like it's almost um like, like, a magical treasure map where you can totally visualize this. You take an action step and then there's nothing on the map, but every time you take an action step, a little bit of the path develops. And then you take another action step and then another little bit of the path develops. Because once you see, oh, I really like doing lives, that brings in a lot of new audience to me. That makes me connect with people. Cool, I'm gonna start doing lives. Or maybe like, oh, I just did a podcast. I enjoyed that. You're not gonna know unless you just start doing it. So you gotta do it messy. You gotta do it imperfectly. And you just gotta consistently stick with those commitments that you make with yourself. And then you'll build more confidence over time and the clarity will develop and you'll just start to grow. But if you don't start, then you can't get there.
0: <sighs> mic drop, mic drop, Jen. Listen, I remember being my first time ever being invited on a radio show, it, like a legit radio. We didn't have podcasts back then. It was like I had like a, maybe a three minute segment, right? In mm-hmm. somebody else's radio show. And yeah. I was going to be like this real estate expert. And they were going to ask me a couple questions and then I was going to leave. They asked me the question. I I had practiced the whole way there of like how I was going to look and what I was going to say and all that stuff. They asked me some random question that I didn't practice for. My mind went instantly blank. Mm-hmm. I froze, literally stage fright, froze, panicked. My palms started sweating. I was like, oh my God, I cannot, I, 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 I never had experienced that kind of feeling before. And I think I froze for, a, it felt like a solid minute and a half. It was probably 20 seconds. Yeah. But it was the longest 20 seconds of my life. And the guy that invited me on the radio show literally hit me in the back and reset me. He was like, boom. And I all of a sudden spit out the answer and it, it, it like my brain started working again. I left there feeling like, oh my God, that was the worst thing I had ever done ever. Mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed. I wish I could delete it. Mm-hmm. But I internalized it, I thought about it it bothered me enough to where it's like, you know what? I am going to get better. I am going to. And that's what happens when you go live and you just, one of the things you said so quickly is, you know, I like, I just was, I didn't have stages to speak on. So I just went live Mm -hmm. and I practiced. I watch you doing this. By the way, what's your Instagram?
1: Jen underscore Gottlieb.
0: Um, If you ever follow Jen, in which all of you guys should do this, you'll see her consistently, almost every morning doing her makeup. Mm -hmm talking. Mm-hmm. It's raw. You're you're obviously very beautiful and I your husband is even more beautiful <laughs> than you. Uh and I'm True. a big, big fan of True. Chris. Um but and and I also love that you guys do a lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh Chris if you're listening, I think you're the most handsome man I've ever met. <laughs> I can't wait to see you again. Uh You take you take your makeup off, you take, you know, hair's not done and you're putting yourself out there yeah. as raw, as authentic as you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Talk about being vulnerable. Yeah. Not only are you just being raw the way you look and not even worrying about it, but you're just having raw conversations. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best thing you could ever do because when people fall in love with you for just that, yep. how much easier does it get when you look like this and, and you're all ready to go, which by the way, go look at my YouTube channel. If you want to see what Jen looks like,
1: oh yeah, well, you're you did a model. YouTube. Oh my gosh!
0: No, you're literally a model. Well,
1: so are you. So I'm in good company. This yeah. is a really good looking podcast yeah, episode. Thank you, thank you. I think yeah. it's going to do well.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is how I this is how I reel in new listeners. I just I put you on my show. Perfect. And well, I'm I tell happy everybody to be to be go to YouTube and check you out. <laughs> go to
1: YouTube. <laughs> At least it's not go to OnlyFans. Let's go yeah,
0: to YouTube. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, okay, let's back back up real fast. VH1. Yeah. How did you get on a VH1 show? And you were, it's funny now because every once in a while you'll post one of those posts yeah. of you and like your rocker outfit. And I'm like, oh my God, that doesn't even look like you. Different it's like person. a whole person. Seriously, yeah. a whole
1: nother person. So I moved to New York City when I was like 20 to go to musical theater school because I always wanted to be an actress. I wanted to sing and dance and be on Broadway. And then I got my dream role in the Broadway national tour of The Wedding Singer, So, you know the Adam, did you know this story? No. The Adam Sandler movie, The Wedding Singer. Yeah. My dream role in that show, uh, the Broadway show, the musical, was to play Linda the bitch. Do you know the movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's Take that Van Halen shirt off before you curse the band and they break up that whole thing. Linda, you a bitch. So, I saw the show on Broadway and I fell madly in love with the character. And I turned to my friend and I was like, that's my role. I don't know why. I just feel like I have to play that part one day. And through a shit ton of auditions, not getting it, getting the understudy, like manifesting it, visualizing myself playing the part, I end up getting this role and finding myself on a stage, traveling the country, playing this part in the same costume as the girl that I saw on Broadway, exact same outfit, at like that she wore, like doing the thing. And in that moment, I was like, holy shit, I can create anything that I want. As long as I'm persistent, as long as I don't take no for an answer, as long as I continuously see myself as doing the thing that I want to do, I can do it. That was the first moment that I was like, wow, Jen, like this works. Like if you continuously just do the damn thing, you will get whatever you want. How so, many how
0: many times did you get told no before you get told yes for that?
1: For that specific one? Yeah.
0: Like how many auditions? Like how how hard was it for you to get that role?
1: So this was the first audition I ever went to in New York City. I saw, like, I was doing all this visualizing, and I was in school, and I was rehearsing the role in school. And my teachers were so annoyed with me. I was like, I just want to be Linda and the Wedding Singer. I don't want to do any other songs. And they're like, "Geez, okay." I was so focused in. And then finally, I see in old school, we didn't really have like all the stuff they have online now. So it was literally a magazine, and it said auditions for the Broadway national tour of The Wedding Singer. And I'm like, "All right, this is it. Let's go." I've never been to a Broadway audition before, but we're going. I go. There's like 500 other girls there. They all look like me. They're all wearing the same kind of outfits that I'm I'm wearing. I sign my name on the list, I go in and I make it to the final two in that audition. Get called back to sing, get called back to dance, get called back to read. All these call- I'm like, "What is going on? Like this is amazing." And so it's me and this other girl and we're like battling it out like American Idol style. Like she's going in and then I'm going in and she was so good and the whole time I'm like I suck. Like this girl is like amazing. You know, that all of the imposter syndrome, all of the insecurities but I I, I fought hard and I didn't get it. She got the part. So I leave and I'm like, all right, just not right now. That no is just not right now. I still believed it because I was doing all of this visualizing as me in the part and practicing. I was like, there's no way in hell that this isn't mine. You're
0: like, like, please break your leg. Please break your leg. Praying for that (laughs) maybe a little bit,
1: maybe a little bit. So what I did was I was really i was so determined and this this goes back to teaching me about determination and how important it is in entrepreneurship and just in life that i was able i was willing to do really uncomfortable weird crazy shit to get the thing that i wanted to do and i know you know all about that so i saw an audition in the backstage magazine for a different show for the show footloose but i noticed that the director of that show was going to be directing another version of the wedding singer national tour so i go to the footloose audition dressed up as linda And I sing the Linda music at the Footloose audition because I'm like, I don't want to be in Footloose, but I want to be in Wedding Singer. So you know what? This is what I'm going to do. That's like a big no-no in musical theater land. Like you could get canceled. So I do it and I walk out and the director comes out of the audition room, goes into the holding room. He looks at me. He goes, you, come here. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble right now. Like I just fucked my whole career. And he's like, here's my card. I want you to keep in touch with me. We're not casting Wedding Singer right now, but I want you to follow up. So I took this card and I followed up with this man for like six months every single week. Like I emailed him, like I got a dog. I was sending him pictures of my dog. I'm like, this is what I'm up to today. I don't know, how are you? He never responded to me, but I kept following up. This is what taught me about follow-up and business. I kept following up and following up. Finally, he's like, okay, come back in, read again, audition again. I do the whole process again, probably like four more sets of callbacks. I finally get an email in my inbox. Congratulations. We want you to join the Broadway national tour of the wedding singer. Linda understudy ensemble member. So I was like this close. I still didn't get it. I was the understudy, but I was in the ensemble and I was thrilled to be in the ensemble, but talk about FOMO. I had to watch this other girl that I kind of knew I was better than play my part. And this taught me, this is all a lesson in business. This taught me the power of jealousy and FOMO and how it can work for you. Because what I did was instead of just being like, oh, so angry that she was doing it, I could have been just so pissed. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to become her best friend. And I'm going to study everything that she does. And I'm going to ask her, why'd you do that? Why'd you make that choice? I love that. And sit in the wings and cheer her on and watch her and just pray for the best for her and know that when I get my opportunity, I'm going to crush it. And I'm just going to take everything that she did well and learn from it and do it even better. So I went the other way. I was like, I'm going to be grateful for this girl." And it made that two months that I had to play The Understudy so much better because I was having fun and I had a friend instead of like being against Mm -hmm. each other. Finally, when we went to take the show on the road for the big tour with the big Broadway sets and go travel the country, the director called me and he's like, I want you to be Linda. And so when I went to go play that role on a stage for the first time in the costume with the lights it was the exact same visual that I saw in my mind when I was like in school daydreaming about it. Exact same. Like it, it like it was like a deja vu moment. And I went backstage after I sang that first song and I collapsed on the ground and I was like, you can create anything you want, but you have to take action. You can't just sit around and think about it. You have to take no, and you have to go back and get it up again and do it again. And you got to get rejected and you got to mess up and you got to learn all of these lessons. But that, I wasn't even an entrepreneur yet. I wasn't even on that metal show on VH1 yet. None of this has happened to me yet. This was the biggest lesson in my life when it comes to working your ass off to get what you want. And also though, believing in yourself and believing that you can do it and letting that belief really guide you through all that rejection and all of those no's and help you keep going.
0: And now you're traveling, you're experiencing this dream, right? Mm-hmm. Up to that point, you're getting all this experience of stage time and timing and confidence and everything's building, everything's working in your favor. What happens one day? It just runs its course and they're like, Hey, we're done with the show. Or do you say, Hey, I'm leaving. I got other things I want to go try and attack. Yeah. And how did you end up on VH1? Yep.
1: Yep. So I had this boyfriend at the time and I was on the road and I was realizing after a year on the road, I was like, this is tough. Mm. I don't know if I want to be a gypsy. I don't know if I want this life. Like I know I love performing. And this is another thing about you may get everything that you've ever wanted and then realize that it's not really what you want, but you got to get the thing in order to realize that it's not what you really want. You know, and that's the same for relationships, for businesses, for jobs. For you, may have this dream and this purpose, or maybe something that somebody told you that you should do, and you work so hard to get it, and then you realize the gift in getting it was okay. That was great. I realized I learned all the stuff along the way, but I realized that that's not really what I want. And I was like, I think I, I think I need to leave. And I think there's other things that I need to do. I was getting paid shit. You know, yes, I was doing my dream. I was performing. I loved it. It was hard. It's hard to be on the road. It's hard to go from hotel room to hotel room to hotel room. So I leave after a year. And I go back to be in this relationship with this guy and I start auditioning again. He
0: ain't no Chris.
1: He ain't no Chris. He ain't no Chris. That's absolutely sure. Mm. Okay, so we go back, definitely not a Chris. And he was um, let's just say not the greatest boyfriend in the world. Pretty toxic relationship. But I wasn't the person that I am today. I didn't have the mindset that I have today. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is the life that I'm supposed to have. This is the life my parents want for me. Really a hedge fund trader, you know, like finance guy, Um, you know, that whole scene. And I was auditioning, and he just wanted me to audition. He didn't want me to work. And I'm like, great, I'm going to just become an actress. And one of the auditions that I went on was for this heavy metal TV show on VH1. And I'm like, amazing. I just played this rocker chick on the road for a year. I'm going to get this part. So I have to tell you about the audition experience for that metal show because it ties in with like everything that I teach, another lesson that I learned in entrepreneurship. So I go to this audition for this heavy metal TV show on VH1. I don't like heavy metal music. I don't know a thing about heavy metal music. So the night before, I'm like Googling who are the bands. I don't even know. Like who's Black Sabbath? Who is all these people? And trying to learn as much as I possibly can to know what to say in this audition. And then of course I put on this costume and I like tease my hair. and like, I'm going to be the most metal chick you've ever seen in your life. I go in and there's like real metal girls in the waiting room, like with leg tattoos. And I'm like fake metal girl. I'm like, I got my metal shirt, like my Van Halen shirt at Bloomingdale's and they got theirs at like (laughs) a real Van Halen concert. Okay. And I go in and I'm trying to remember all the things that I, that I studied about heavy metal and they could see right through me. They knew that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, but I, you know, was like chatting with them and saying, oh, I like everything from Black Sabbath to Beyonce, you know, I like everything. And At the end of the audition, they said to me, Oh, Jen, it says here on your resume that you do a great Britney Spears impersonation. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. Like, I left that on my resume at the bottom because it's funny because I do. And, but I wouldn't put that on there for a metal audition. And I was like, Yeah, thinking in my mind, like, I already ruined this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I do. Can we see it? And so at my That Metal Show audition, I'm like, Fuck it. I'm just going to be myself. Like, I'm, I am like Britney Spears. So I do my Britney Spears impersonation. They Wait, all laugh. I'll
0: put you on the spot right now. Could you do it?
1: Yeah, I could do it for you.
0: All right, come on. I want to see it.
1: All right. Um, I did not. Uh, we'll do Baby one more time, just the beginning. Um, oh, baby, baby. How was I supposed to know? that something wasn't right yeah oh my god that was so good hey that was really good thank you it was better back in the day when i was singing all the time i think that
0: deserves a ig follow does it yeah they need to go follow you right now. yeah
1: yeah i just did i don't sing for everybody on everybody's podcast by the way only for you
0: i know i love it that was really that was actually really good so you busted that out and they were like oh my gosh, she's wild. She's fun. She's She's willing to do crazy things.
1: Exactly. So out of all those girls that were probably really metal, they call me and they give me the part because I was myself. And that was my reminder to myself that every time you just show up as you, that's what makes you different. That's what makes you stand out. Not being what other people want you to be. But here's what happened during that time though. I got the job and I very, very quickly started to change who I was to become what I thought everyone needed me to be. So, I built this brand of this like super sexy rocker chick. And before I knew it, I was like, who the hell am I anymore? I don't like heavy metal music. I've become this girl. I was on this show for five years. Everyone thought that I liked metal. I like, it was like, the sexier I can be, the better, the more metal I can be, the better. And I'm like, I turned around and I didn't even know who I was anymore. And my relationship was totally toxic. The guy was cheating on me with our friend. And I knew it, but I didn't have the courage to leave him because I didn't have confidence in myself that I could go do anything else other than. Miss box of junk on that metal show and arm candy to this hedge fund trader. And deep down, and we talked about this person earlier on the show, deep down, I knew that I was more than that. I knew, I, I felt it in my core, but I felt like trapped. Like I couldn't see the way out. So the universe came in and it gave me the way out for me because I couldn't do it myself. So the guy's like, I'm one, I'm, you know, he's cheating on me with this girl, kicks me out of the apartment. And I had two days to find a place to live. Went from living in this multi-million dollar apartment on the Upper West Side with this guy to having to figure out where to go. And I ended up subletting a tiny room in an apartment with six other actors with a window that faced a brick wall. And the show got canceled, like literally that same week. And I found myself with no relationship, no job, and not knowing who the fuck I was. And I had to start over.
0: Wow. Wow. <sighs> I think a lot of people can relate to those moments in life where you're just in the basement, you know, and then you realize sometimes there's rock bottom has another basement. Yeah. You're at rock bottom and there's a basement to rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, But I found that the greatest hardships normally turn into the biggest blessings. Always. So now you're away from this toxic relationship. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have Debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. How do you find your way back to who
1: you are? Mm. It was a process. I wish that I could tell you that I looked out the window and I was like, oh, yeah, like Burning Bush, I know who I am. Let's go. No, I looked out the window every day and I was like, one day I'll know why this happened one day I'll know why this happened. But like weeks would go by and I still felt very depressed and very hopeless. But my mom came into the city one day because I was in a real depression. I was totally like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? And she took me to this Italian restaurant we're sitting there and I'm crying. And she pulls out this book. My mom is a Reiki master and a yogi and very woo-woo. And at the time I was not. I was into personal we development. love too. moms. Love moms. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And she gives me this book. It's called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And she's like, listen, I just want you to open the book when you get home. She knew I wasn't going to read the book. She she's very smart. Moms know. So I go home and I open the book. And inside the book is one of the affirmations in the book photocopied. So it's a book full of affirmations. And she photocopied the one she wanted me to read because she knew I wasn't going to read the whole book. And she wrote on the back of the photocopy, Jenny, read this every day. I hope you find yourself again. So I was like, okay, the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read this stupid thing every day. I'm going to put it in my refrigerator and I'm just going to read this. I'm going to read it, even if I don't believe it. And every day I would get up and I would read this affirmation. And what I learned from that is something that Chris says to me all the time. And it really, really hit home when he said it to me. I was like, oh, that's totally what I was doing. You don't have to believe 100% in yourself or 100% in anything in order to change you just have to believe a little bit more than you don't like 51% cuz i didn't believe fully that i could change my life i didn't believe that i could get it together there were so many nights where i was like i should call my ex-boyfriend back and get go back being with him cuz i don't know what i'm going to do without him i'm not enough to do this on my own but i would read the affirmation i believed a little bit more than i didn't that i could do it that i could make something of myself and i would say like you know whatever the affirmation was i don't even remember it's like you know i am okay i'm you know worthy all the things and i would step outside and it would give me a little bit more belief and then i would get some kind of tiny little win like i started building my personal training business and i started getting clients and i started like making money for myself and i started then hiring trainers under me and i started figuring out an online coaching business and little by little i started expanding and learning about personal development and learning about personal growth and listening to podcasts and going to events and it was just like 51% turned into like 60% turned into 75% and then i started believing in myself and you know then sometimes it would go back down to you know, not so much because that's the journey that everybody's on, but it wasn't overnight. It was consistently getting out and doing the hard thing, and learning from the hard thing, and exploring a little bit more, and growing, and allowing myself to pivot and shift and grow. and And I built a really successful business within like a year's time
0: in the fitness space. Co- in the fitness space. fitness coaching space, yeah. And I've seen you on cover magazines. I was walking in the in the airport. You did? I took a picture and sent it to you because I, I was like. You you know, you're not expecting, it. you kind of look over and you're like, Jen, and you're like oh, <laughs> hot on the cover of the, of the magazine. What magazine was that? Strong. Strong. Mm-hmm. Nice. Solid. Yeah. you know, so you, it, I was very proud of you for that because you looked great and I know how hard it is to get your body into that. I've been on this fitness journey for the last year and a half right now.
1: I'm so proud of you.
0: Oh, my six pack is
1: Amazing. It's rocking. You look great. I'm (laughs) I'm very very, proud of myself. I've never had
0: a six pack before. I'm really I'm I'm working on the eight pack.
1: All right.
0: Yeah, that's the hard part. The lower, the lower abs.
1: You'll get it. They're there. Uh, Yeah.
0: You know what? I I um when I was in Hawaii when you're boogie boarding, I herniated um whatever, lower herniation or whatever. So I have a mesh. Oh. I don't even know what they put in you, some form of mesh.
1: So is it physically impossible for me to get an eight pack? Nah, you know,
0: we don't believe in that shit. We're gonna we're gonna Show my abs through the Let's mesh. Let's go. I've got you. I'll be your accountability. <laughs> it's gonna baby. take a little extra, <laughs> little extra work through the it, mesh.
1: Hashtag through the mesh.
0: Through the mesh, baby. I'm visualizing it now. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: uh. But anyways, so
1: <laughs> so many ways. <laughs> That's a fun aside. I could,
0: I could go there a lot of <laughs> different directions with that conversation. So I want to get to the point where um, now where you're at. You 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 have worked so hard to become this expert speaker, the amount of stages that you've been invited on has grown significantly in the last two years since you really made this, this uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking commitment? at? Commitment? Yeah, commitment. Goal, affirmation Affirmation. Yeah. This affirmation that you will be the world's greatest public speaker, motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, through that part, you started Super Connector Media. Yes. Right? So you come out out of the fitness thing, and then you roll into PR? No. How did did you end up in PR?
1: That's interesting. So when I was transitioning from metal girl to fitness girl, I had to retell a story. I had to retell the narrative because everyone only knew me as Miss Box of Junk, which is, that was my name on that metal show, by the way, Miss Box of Junk. That was my job. I took out the box, and they would put their hand in my box and pull out a prize. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it expanded. I was like the Vanna White of the heavy metal world. It was a thing. but. I had to transition and start sharing with the world that I was now this girl that could help you transform your body and your mindset and all the things. And so I had to use the media to do that. I had to create credibility. And so I started getting PR. I started getting media, and I started realizing how to do messaging and how to get myself out there in a different way and how to get on TV and how to get in publications. And then I met Chris. I met my husband. And he was doing these events called Unfair Advantage Live, that connected entrepreneurs to the media. So he was teaching entrepreneurs how to get themselves in the media and how to get PR and how to get visibility and inviting media to these parties in New York City and connecting them so that they can make relationships. And I was, his girlfriend attending these events, and I was like, this is super cool. And I didn't really know anything about motivational speaking or speaking on stages that even existed. I thought the only way for me to be on stage is to be an actress. And I thought, I quit that. That's done. I'm an entrepreneur now. Maybe one day I'll end up back on a stage somehow. Like Later in life, I'll be an actor again. But I didn't understand that maybe my gifts could be used, my training could be used in another way. So I saw Chris speaking on stage at these events, and I'm like, this could be something that I could do really well. And I love this. And I started to really enjoy traveling with Chris and helping him way more than I liked my own business, which was making a lot of money for a single girl living in New York. I was, you know, I was well over multi-six figures in my fitness coaching business and online coaching business. And one day we were on a run. We were jogging at this one event that he was speaking at and sponsoring and doing, you know, his whole business. And we were running and we're like, I think we should partner and create a company together and expand on this and make it huge. And that was when we decided to build Super Connector Media together.
0: Were you hesitant at all to partner with your significant other? Or was did, were you like, man, this just makes so much sense. We're going to go all in on this.
1: As much as I wish I could tell you that I was hesitant, I was like excited. Yeah. It felt right. And I just knew. The part that I was hesitant about was... I didn't want to let myself go be in the background. That was really important to me. Like I didn't want, because at the time Mm. Chris was the face of the brand and I was like, I can't let myself just be like, my email address at the beginning when we first started the company was jen at chriswinfield.com. And I didn't like that. I was, you know, I didn't, I needed to make sure that, We both did it together, and there was a lot of growing pains with doing that. And not on his end; he always wanted to lift me up. But the team, and like bringing together a team, and getting the credibility that, you know, I could then start a company with him. And also the fear of leaving a very successful business because I just left it. I didn't sell it. I didn't do anything. I was just like, bye. I just stopped.
0: I got I got bigger and better things. I got to go do. I just went all in.
1: I went all in, and yeah, it wasn't easy in the beginning. Anyone that says it's easy to work with your partner, building something it's, it's not, I mean, it, maybe if someone's listening and it was for you, amazing. I bow down and I would love to have a conversation, but it wasn't easy for us in the beginning. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, I mean, obviously it worked because you did. ended up getting married and, and you, you guys are running a successful business. So, um, all right. So let's talk about PR a little bit, just cause I think a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show. I hired you guys, uh, when you were doing actual PR for other people, yeah. which you guys aren't doing that anymore. But uh, it did help. I got in uh, Business Insider and Forbes and Entrepreneur and all these crazy magazines, tons of local news channels. Um, Your team was phenomenal to work with. They really did a great job, you know, getting us really hearing our messaging and then trying to figure out a way to spin it to get on different publications and and news channels and stuff. Um, First off, what is PR? Mm -hmm. And then second, why is it important for entrepreneurs to have PR?
1: My definition of PR is probably way different than anyone else because Super Connector Media was PR done differently. And so my definition of PR is just simply credibility. Like you need credibility. Credibility is simply trust because there's a zillion people out there in the world that are going to get on Instagram or social media and claim that they are a real estate investor. The
0: number one real estate investor in the world. That's
1: right. I am the person to listen to. I'm a business coach. I'm a business expert. I'm a fitness expert. Anybody can do it. But not anybody can be featured in Forbes or Business Insider or any of those credible sources. So the credibility factor is the thing that's going to make you stand out from all the Joe Schmoes on the internet trying to do the thing too. So think about it. If you're, so if I'm looking for somebody to teach me how to do real estate investing, all right, and I get a bunch of different referrals from different people, I Google all those people. Subconsciously, I'm just looking for credibility markers. So I'm looking for those placements from you. Like if I go and I Google you and you're featured in Business Insider, you're featured in Forbes, you're, fitness, you're, you're featured in Inc., in all of the, the different trades for real estate. And then I go look at somebody else and they just have a pretty Instagram. Who am I going to hire? Or who am I going to follow? Mm. I'm going to follow you. You're trusted because you're everywhere and I see you. And so you want to build credibility for your brand. No matter what you do, it's unbelievably important because it's going to separate you from the competition.
0: And the way I always thought of it is, look, this is no different than us advertising on Facebook or YouTube or, you know, growing my social following or something like that, wherever I'm spending money to make noise for my businesses and my brands. Uh, I always looked at it like, look, if if they need a real estate expert, I want to be their call. Yep. And it's worth me hiring a PR company that has connections to these uh, authors and writers and stuff that when they think of somebody that, they think of me Mm -hmm. and my name's in the hat. And so that's really all it is. You're just, you're just making a connection. Whether they choose me is up to how well you pitch me to them and how, how I'm packaged up and how credible I look for them. Because what, you know, I got on business insider and Forbes and a couple other things. And then all of a sudden it got a little easier and easier to Mm -hmm. keep. So the more you do it, the easier it gets to continue getting lots of great PR. And it does make a difference when you're, when you're advertising or selling anything uh, people want to see, Yes. All the cool stuff you're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, it's fun. So perfect example. You saw me on a cover of a magazine, right? You were in the airport and you saw that and yep. you took a picture of it and you sent it to me. That was, I was top of mind for you at that moment, right? That was PR for me. And then that probably made me look a little bit cooler in your eyes, right? I mean, even though you think I'm cool, oh, you saw that yeah, you were like, 100%. that's cool. Factor. No, that was epic. Right?
0: This is why I, this is, I had, um, uh, Mark Victor Hansen on recently. We just dropped the episode, uh, well, I don't know when this is coming out, but we dropped the episode. So if you haven't heard that, he, uh, chicken soup for the soul guy. Yeah. 500 million books sold 2 billion in sales and other, another billion in licensing deals, but it all started with a single book. this is why I always recommend to people, write a book, write a book, get in a magazine, you know, get on the news, you know, create your own podcast. Like just make as much noise as you can. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's important, especially nowadays whether you're dating or you're going for a job or you're trying to raise capital, or if you're in the real estate space, you're just trying to become uh, an authority or an expert as an agent, as a mortgage person. Uh, The more of that stuff you have and the more you invest in your personal brand, the easier things get over time. I'm able to raise a lot more money now because people listen to this podcast. Then they go to Mm clevercapitalfund.com and Mm -hmm. they go, oh, I want to get involved in his real estate projects. Yep. Yeah. And then they look me up and they see all this cool stuff that your company helped me do. And then Mm -hmm. next thing you know, they're sending me lots of monies. Um, I didn't want to, look, because I have a PR expert in here, I did want to ask a kind of a PR question and we can move on. There's a, and I know people who have been canceled or have said one silly little thing that was taken out of context. And next thing you know, cancel culture starts and they're on the defensive, <clears throat> on the defensive, and their company is maybe in jeopardy or their brand is in jeopardy. When public figures face like Swift backlash for controversial statements or actions, what's your stance on this? Like, how would you invite advise a client that maybe is has their back against the wall? Do you attack it with PR? Like, what would you? If I came to you and I was like, Jen, I screwed up. I said some dumb shit on my podcast. Yeah. I need you. I need some PR. What do I do?
1: I know. So it's so specific to the specific issue and the person and the thing that was said, right? There's some things that are said that you just need to shut up for a while and go away. Like, like there are some things, right? That some people have said that it's like, take a break, take a moment for me. I always just want to be in integrity. This is my personal opinion. And some people may be like, Jen, you're totally wrong, but I'm only going to say like my truth. And I always like, let's say I said something by accident. Like people say things by accident. I would always want to own up, take responsibility and apologize. Like no one can argue with you if you take responsibility and apologize right away. That's always my stance. And if you take ownership, this is with everything. If you're a leader in a company and you do something wrong in your company, Instead of being on the defense and being like, oh, no, everybody else is wrong, take responsibility for your actions. Say, you know what? I was wrong here, and I apologize, and this is how I can be better. I think that a really strong leader is someone that can take responsibility for For their actions, apologize for what they did wrong, stand for what they believe in, but at the same time be like, you know what? Listen, I learned, I fucked up, I I made a huge mistake. And you might not be able to come back right away. But eventually, eventually, hopefully, you can make up for it with positive stuff and just continuing on speaking your truth in a way that is more eloquent and, you know, really watching what you say. And then eventually you'll be able to win people back. But owning up to it and not being on the defense and immediately saying, Listen, I was wrong. I think is a really strong thing for a human being to do, and I have a lot of respect for people that can do that.
0: Some um, people say things or are associated with people they can't bounce back from. Mm-hmm. I read an article today that the My Pillow company might be in some serious trouble. Really? You know, he was pretty aggressive with Trump and yeah. pretty aggressive. You know, he spoke his mind and might have cost him the biz. You know, it's-
1: sometimes you just need to shut up.
0: Hey, just stop. <laughs> just, just stop.
1: Have your opinions and keep them to yourself.
0: <laughs> so I pay you to tell me to shut up? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's good just advice. Shut up. That's just good keep advice. It to
1: yourself. You want to think that way? Go think that way in your house when no one's listening.
0: All right. I like it. So uh, I want to shift back. So now Super Connector Media has shifted gears. You're not doing PR for other people. Now what is your main focus?
1: Yeah. So we realized when we had this agency that even though it was really profitable, it was really successful. We were doing really well. Chris and I just didn't really like running an agency. It kind of happened on accident because we were doing those events, Chris and I, and we had an offer on the back end of the events, which was like a done for you offer. And someone came up to us and they were like, listen, I don't want it done with you offer. They were like, I don't want it done with you. Can you just do it for me? And we're like, sure. So we had one client, we started doing it for them. We're like, okay, we could take on another client and then another client. Before we knew it, we had this big agency and it was doing awesome and we were getting great results and we were meeting amazing people like you and it was thriving we weren't that passionate about it. And we sat and we asked ourselves, is this what we wanted to build? We had this huge team, you know, is this what we love doing? And we both were like, no, we love teaching. And at the same time, we had our events, we had our mastermind, we had our education portion of our company. And we were recognizing that the stuff we were teaching these people They were using to get on Good Morning America, to get on the Today Show, to get featured in all these publications. And they were doing it and they were getting amazing results. And we're like, wow, what if we just spent all of our energy and time doing what we love, which is teaching and empowering people to do it on their own? And then we give people the tools. They don't have to rent it anymore. They own it, whether it's their team coming in and learning from us or they're learning. And then they develop the relationships and they develop the skills that they can have forever. Like, what if we just spent our time doing that? And so we decided to take a really profitable piece of our business and and sell it and stop.
0: Yeah. And and so, so now you guys are just teaching.
1: Yeah. And teaching doing events and events
0: and all that. Uh-huh. So how are you getting stages, right? Let's, you know, you've gotten on a considerable amount of stages in the last two years. Was it just show up, get one stage, rock it,
1: that's part Is of there it. It's a strategy.
0: That's I guess that's what it. I'm at really yeah. digging into. It's like, there's maybe somebody that's listening to this or watching this and then go, man, I want to be, I, I have that in me. I have something I want to say. I want to get up on stage. I want to impact people. Yeah. I know for me personally, my journey, like I never wanted to get on stages, but I loved real estate so much and I couldn't help. I felt it was my obligation to share it. And over time, I got more and more comfortable being... In, 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 I used to shake really bad and like get really nervous and uh, a lot of stage fright in a weird way. Cause I, it would go away after I went out on stage, yeah. but like that buildup to go out. Oh my God. I was just, and maybe we can even talk about how to overcome yeah. stage fright, but like now you put, t- point me in the direction, coach, put me in, yes. I'm ready to go. Like I want to get on. I love it. I thrive in that environment. As long as I'm talking about a topic that I, right. Is authentic to me. Yeah. Um, how did you get on so many stages? Like how did you build your speaking career? Mm-hmm. Cause now you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. And then the s- second question now is how do you overcome stage fright?
1: Okay. So there is a way that I did it now. It's not necessarily, I don't know if it's the right way or the wrong way. I only just share my truth and my experience. This is how I did it. I put myself in really important rooms. I put myself in rooms with people that have stages, right? We're in rooms together all the time yeah. with lots of people that have stages. And I would make it very, very known that I wanted to speak. You know that you've heard me do it. You've seen me do it. I go into rooms and I'm like, I want to be on stages. Who has a stage for me to speak on? You have to be brave enough to say what you want out loud. And I think so many people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to say it because I'm scared that someone will tell me no. Or I'm scared of how I'll look if I say it. Get into the rooms. So go, you want to speak at events? Get a ticket to that event. Go to that event go to that mastermind that you want to speak on invest in yourself put yourself in rooms with people that can lift you up and put them put you on their platform so i spent money time energy, effort, building relationships with people, building relationships, providing value, showing up. I was one of the only women in our mastermind and I just still showed up. I made friends with everybody. I'm like, I'm scared as shit. I have imposter syndrome up the wazoo. Like, I don't feel like I belong here, but I'm still gonna sit in the front row. I'm gonna raise my hand. I'm gonna ask questions. I'm gonna tell people I wanna speak. And you just gotta get over it and you gotta go do that. And that's what I did. And so then when I got an opportunity to get on a stage for the first time, I made (sighs) sure that I crushed it. That's You got to crush it, but don't just crush it on the stage. Crush it before the stage and after the stage. This is the thing that separates great speakers from good speakers. Great speakers learn what is going to make this event planner want to bring me back. How can I provide the most value for the person that's hosting this stage? Well, what's going to make that person look cool? is if I show up, I talk to people beforehand. I get to know the room. I'm speaking specifically to them. I curate my talk specifically for those people. I promote the event. I do testimonials for that person. I just show up and go above and beyond. Then I get on stage, crush it, knock it out of the park. Then after, you, I today, I stayed after and I spoke to every single person, connected with every single person, did Q&A, went above and beyond. I'm going to promote the event. I'm going to thank the person that um, ran the event. I'm going to be the best, like, oh my God, I need to bring Jen back. Or if someone said, how was Jen on your stage? She crushed it. Not only did she crush it on the stage, but she came before, she came early, she talked to people. She stayed after, she talked to people. She promoted it. She did everything. And then if you do that again and again and again and again, you get a name for yourself. And then last piece. That's why I have my videographer here, the advice you gave me. I don't ever speak on a stage without someone recording it. And if you want to be a speaker, if you get a stage, you better record that thing and you better be posting it all over social media. So if you go to my social media, everyone that's listening, you go to my Instagram right now, since my goal is speaking, you will not be able to look at my social media without seeing at least like five videos right up on top of me speaking on stages. You need to show people that you're great and that you're getting on stages and that that's what you want to do. So you need to capture it and you need to repurpose that content again and again. That gives you credibility as a speaker. It gives you influence as a speaker. It gives you authority and it showcases your work. If you haven't got any stages and you want to be a speaker, get online, open up your stage that's in your pocket. It's a stage. Put your face on it and start talking and just do that every single day and get your reps in and practice your content and start being the expert in your space before you know it. You'll get a real stage, record that, do a great job before, after, and during, follow up, connect with more people, repeat the cycle. That's how you do it.
0: Boom. That's how you Another do it. Another mic drop. I need a button or something to push. <laughs> it's just like,
1: bam. What's his name had that? Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. Dro- dropping, bombs. dropping bombs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, how do you overcome stage fright? Maybe, maybe yeah. it's your first stage. You're you're me on the radio yeah. show. You freeze. You're like, ah, and yeah. you can't even think. Your palms are sweaty. You're like, I'd rather be anywhere else but out in front of, uh, you know, a crowd. People. Yeah. yeah. What what what's your hack to get over that?
1: I got you. So, Cody, would you be nervous if you and I went to lunch and I was asking you questions about real estate? Nope. Were you nervous in the office when you were giving me that advice earlier? No. You weren't nervous. Would you forget the words? No. No. Right. So the reason that we get nervous when we get on a stage is we're thinking about us and all these people looking at us. And we're speaking to hundreds of people or we're on the radio and hundreds of thousands of people are going to hear us. And oh my gosh, am I going to sound okay? Am I going to say the right thing? But if you just think about having a conversation with somebody and you're just talking to one person, you're talking to your favorite client or one of your really good friends or your partner or your kids, and you're just sitting across from them, sharing with them some valuable information that they can use, and you just think about that one person and that one person that needs to hear that and just providing unbelievable amounts of value for them and just dialing in on that, you don't have any more capacity or space to be nervous about what people are thinking about you. Because if you're a public speaker or you are Teaching something or being a thought leader in the space that you're in, it's not about you. That's where people get it wrong. It's about the person on the other side that's listening and the help that they're gonna get from your content that you're speaking about. So if you think about that person and you're just talking to them before you get on stage. So before I went on stage today, I envisioned one person in my mind. And it was really easy today because it was Fit Pros. So I just envisioned myself like 10 years ago. And I put little Jen 10 years ago in the audience. And I was like, I'm gonna get up there. And I'm going to talk to her. We're going to have a conversation and I'm going to say everything that she needs to hear. And I'm going to envision that we're just chatting. And I just thought about her. But when you get on a stage, you don't like people are like, oh, if I could just impact one person, then I'll be happy. No, then you're a shitty keynote speaker. You want to impact everybody, but you want to envision in your mind that you're talking to one person. But when you do that, everybody in the room feels like they're that one person. And my goal is to make everybody in the room feel like I'm only talking to them. And the best way to do that and the best way to get over your nerves is to think about having a conversation with one human being because you're not nervous when you're doing that and just help them.
0: So, what I hear you saying is just get up on stage and picture Chris naked. Yeah. And you can do that. And well, right that away, might make right, you nervous. Right, right away, you're like, I'm in this conversation. <laughs> Chris is going to listen to this and be like, what the hell is wrong with you, Sperber?
1: He's uh, going to like it. Yeah.
0: You know what I used to do? Because um, I did, I I used to like get in my own way, get in my own mind, like, oh, am I doing this right? And so as a joke, we started putting a Gumby, you know, Gumby, the little yeah. green stretchy thing over the camera lens. Mm, so I wasn't talking to a camera. I was talking to Gumby mm-hmm. and I just thought it was just so stupid and goofy that I stopped thinking about all the what ifs and. You know, I just had a conversation with Gumby. And so you did it. I did it. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted to pull it out of you because I think it's a great advice. And, you know, so many people take themselves so seriously. Uh, y- you know, you, you start to realize that people don't hold on like you hold on to like the mistakes or the what's the ums or the the screw ups. Like most people don't even notice them. Yep. And uh, they, they they will show you more grace than you give yourself. And uh, it's it's more about just getting out there and doing the reps. For sure. You're getting pretty good.
1: Thank you. I like it.
0: Yeah. Um, What's your dream stage? Like, what's the, what's like, if you can kind of like really think about it, is there like one that you're like, God, if I can only get on that stage?
1: No, that's the thing. I don't really, people ask me that and I'm like, "Uh, I don't know it yet. I'll know it when I get there.
0: Yeah. Um, Fill a whole stadium up.
1: That would be cool. Some Taylor Swift shit. That would be awesome. I'd love to do a stadium. That would feel cool. Um, And it doesn't necessarily need to be the biggest stage in the world. It could just be a really fun stage with really cool people there. And I guess my dream stage is my stage, my event that's coming up. That's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah. What, what's going on with your event?
1: Build Your Brand Live. It's going to be the biggest event that we, we've we done. Like 600 people. We're having Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher speaking. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Billie yeah. Jean. Um, One other speaker that I can't say yet. Secret speaker. This person doesn't speak on a lot of stages. Okay. And we got this M- male person. Male or female? Female.
0: Okay. All right. Bring the heat.
1: Rock star. So- that's gonna be epic three days and can't wait for that Dallas Texas October 20th there 21st you go and 27th. all
0: right if I want to buy a ticket where where do I go
1: Buildyourbrandlive.net. okay go right there cool. buy a ticket cool
0: um I ask all my guests this question and you you I'm um, first off you've covered a lot of ground here thank you for just just being you it's been it's co- it's cool to listen to you so you, you speak so well now and your thoughts are so clear when you're giving advice, you can tell that you put in the reps. That's, that's huge. You know, when I, people see me on stage and they're like, dude, you download from God. Sometimes like I I feel the audience. Now I'm at a point in my uh, career when I can walk out there and I know instantly mm-hmm what to do, Yeah, you know, and I know where to take it. I know the emotional impact. I can feel the audience and I, it's a different, it's a different level of skill to be able to walk out. I don't care if there's 10,000 people there, I know where to take it. Um, What they didn't see is the thousands of lives and thousands of webinars and thousands of times I did an audio or started to read a script or do something and screwed up And my video guys know. I probably have, I don't even know how much mountain of content of me going, fuck, shit, fuck, damn it. And probably a lot worse uh, of just me screwing up on camera.
1: So Cody, one of the things I do during my talk, what I did today, is I have a montage video that I show of my very first Facebook Live I ever did. And like how I, like, and then the second worst and then the third worst. And like getting better and better and better. And people like cry and they give me a standing ovation after they watch because it's, it's proof. People, they see chapter 20 or they see chapter 15 or they see chapter five. They don't see chapter one. They don't see all the reps. They don't see uh, like all the practice that you've done for years and years and years. And they're like, yeah, I should just be able to get up there and crush it. Everybody started sucking. Everybody started from zero. Beyonce started at zero. Everybody started at zero followers. Everybody started with zero experience. Everybody started at their very first live or their first webinar or their first stage. And it takes practice. We get good at what we practice. There's a reason why practice is a thing. And you are a perfect example of that. Like per. Perfect. I would love to watch your old stuff and then compare. I'm yeah, going to backstock you I, on YouTube. I got some
0: good stuff. I want to see. I, I, I probably need to create a video like what you're it's talking good. about. It's yeah, really that, powerful. That's, I would love to see that. That's great. Yeah. Um. First off, what are you doing with your damn money? Let's get you in some real estate, Jan. Yes, you're making I'm a good. lot of earned income. You're paying way too much in taxes. Way too much. You guys got to get out of the earned income bucket and get over into the investing bucket. We got to get you into some multifamily, some storage units, even some Airbnbs. We talked about it. I know. Come on, Jen. I'm coming. Let's go. I'm coming. All right. I'm here. How do you make your money matter? Mm. Like, What are things that are important to you?
1: What's really, really, really important to me is I do like, yes, I get paid to speak and stuff like that. But more importantly, like I do a lot of, of free stuff. Like I love it more than anything when someone will DM me and they'll be like, listen, can you like speak to my community? Maybe it's four or five people or whatever. They just need some motivation and it has nothing to do with money and it has nothing. None of those people will be good for my mastermind or good for our events or anything like that. I love doing that. And then not even telling anybody that I'm doing it. And I do a bunch of those all the time. Like I'll spend a lot of my time motivating people and talking to people that I feel like I used to be, you know, and and they're lost and they're down and like, they don't know necessarily where they want to go with their life. And maybe someone will DM me and it'll be somebody that's definitely not good for any of my offers or services or products or anything. And they send me a really long message and they're like, would you take time to talk to me about XYZ? Like I'm really nervous or I'm anxious or I'm having a hard time and I'll call them. Like it's those little things. And yes, there are a lot of like charities and stuff like that, that like we give to and everything, but the stuff that really means a lot to me is the individual conversations that I have or the individual people that I can touch on a daily basis. And time is the most valuable thing to me. So I'll give my time a lot. Like after the talk that I just did today, I will sit down and send individual voice memos to every single person that shared something from my stage today, like on Instagram, just to make them feel good. And you know,
0: that's a power move. Yeah. Such a good power move.
1: Can I share something really interesting with you and that you'll really appreciate? This is fun. And I, I didn't share it on social media because I don't know if I should share it on social media, but I'll share it here. So this is what taught me why that's so powerful. Like three months ago, Dwayne The Rock Johnson started following me on Instagram. And I was like, there's no way he's really following me. This is like fake or somebody pressed follow by accident. He only follows like 600 people. Like he's not really following me. And so I was thinking about it like three weeks ago. You know, maybe I should just DM him and say thank you for following me. Like see, you know, why not say thank you? And I, So I DMed him and I'm like, hey Dwayne, thanks so much for following me. Like heart emoji. Yeah. Like appreciate you. He sent me a voice memo. The Rock. Hey, Jen. Got your message. Thanks so much. I really love your stuff. Like clearly you're helping a lot of people. Keep doing it. Keep up the good work. Uh, Keep in touch and I'll talk to you soon. The Rock took time to send me a voice memo, and that will make my whole life. And so when I was like, okay, if The Rock can do it, and I felt how important and how special that made me feel, like everybody should be responding to the people that reach out to them for help. Like if you have five minutes, sit there and respond to the people and make their day. Because if you can take time to make somebody else feel a little bit better that day, they're going to probably treat everybody in their family better that day. Or maybe they're going to get out and they're going to go do a live or they're going to create some content because you inspired them to. That's going to help other people. And that's a small way that you can use your time to impact the world or help individual people.
0: I love that. And, uh, I've been doing uh, top five texts every day for years now. I do it every day. I, I pick five friends and I send them a voice memo every morning or a text, and I just say some epic shit. Okay. About I'm expecting how,
1: my text tomorrow. How,
0: how, how much I love them or what, what, you know, and I've sent you texts before. Yes. Get out of here. You, yes. you've made my top five. Yes. Um, but I do it every single day and minimum of five people. Sometimes I'm really feeling and I'll just do like 25 people, Doesn't but it feel good? it's, it is a game changer because just like you said, it, it's, there's a ripple effect. There's that butterfly effect. You never know how it's going to impact the rest of their day. And, and just yeah. the way they roll through the day, just because that one simple text, uh, I ask every one of my guests as we're ending a podcast, which I could talk to you forever, but because uh, it's been great. But it, you got a time machine. You can go back to 13 year old Jen. You already know the outcome. What advice would you give her?
1: Mm. I would say stop caring so much about what other people think. Stop caring about what you look like. No one cares. No one's paying that much attention. They're all worried about themselves. And I would say to her, love yourself as much as you care what other people think of you. Take all of that energy that you're spending caring about fitting in with the cool kids, being cool, having the best purse, having the best outfit and work on loving you. I wish she knew that. That might've been like the fifth mic drop of
0: the episode. Give it up for Jen Gottlieb, man. Give it up up for Cody. Great interviewer. Thank you for for coming on this show. Guys, if you got value out of this, which I know you did, first off, go and follow Jen. What is it one more time? At Jen
1: underscore Gottlieb. All
0: right, go follow her. Make sure you show some love and support. DM her and say, I heard you on the Clever Investor Show podcast. I'm a raving new fan and I can't wait to see you on some epic stages. And... uh, make sure you share this episode with somebody else that needs to hear some of this valuable advice. I love putting talented, beautiful, uh, just really great at what they do. Women on my stages and on this podcast, you guys, I've had so many great women on here. And if you have any more that you think I should interview for the show, please send them my way. I will. Uh, But I'm just very proud of you and share this show with somebody that needs to hear it because she dropped a lot of great advice. That's all we got for you for this episode. Until next time, we're out of here. Take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, thanks for being a subscriber of the Clever Investor Show. As a thank you gift, we wanted to give you something that we know is gonna help you get started as a creative real estate investor. It's our real estate success kit, and it's completely free. Just go to www.reisuccesskit.com to customize your kit, but essentially it's a collection of 15 training tools designed to help you get results quickly as a creative real estate investor. From systems to lead generation to finding cash buyers to creative ways to close deals and get paid. Your free REI Success Kit is just a few clicks away. Once again, the website's www.reisuccesskit.com.